your old pal, the Crypt Tonight's tale of terror comes from the Trick-or-Treaters podcast. Join them as they journey into the horrifying unknown. <laughs> you are listening to the Trick-or-Treaters podcast, part of the Slash and Cast podcast network. Movie reviews, horror news, and all the gory details. Listen if you dare. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 33 of the Trick or Treaters podcast. I am your host, Kyle, and as always, I am joined by my wonderful co-host, JR. JR, how you doing today, buddy? Man, we're getting old. 33 episodes in, as old as I am now. Um, I'll tell you what, Kyle, it is just, it's very weird because as everybody know that's been following us and they didn't live under a rock, you know, we've been for so many months in this in the COVID-19 pandemic. And, you know, a lot, you know, I don't want to forget there's a lot of the world, most of the world, in fact, are still dealing with the ramifications of the pandemic. But, you know, here in the United States, so many people are getting vaccinated. You know, we're at 70, 80% vaccinations in a lot of places starting to open up. And, you know, I went from doing nothing to where today I just booked my ticket to go to SummerSlam in Las Vegas with 50,000 other fans from what I'm reading are going to be in Las Vegas for uh, SummerSlam. And then today uh, my aunt called me. She's like, "Hey, uh, in two weeks we're gonna go to a baseball game because most of the baseball, I think most of all the baseball stadiums are back to full capacity. And then we have all out. You know, everybody knows we're wrestling fans. All out's coming, going to Chicago. So I'm waiting to get my ticket for that. So it's just like bad normalcy is here. I mean, you know, every, you know, people are you know are still getting their COVID vaccines, but so many are." A high, such a high percentage of vaccinated people in the United States now. And, um, you know, cases are down and businesses are opening back up. It's, you know, getting that sense of normalcy is back is just kind of, it's weird because it, it's like the last 14, 15 months, it just felt like it's just gone, like it didn't happen. And it's always the thing that trips me out about time. You know, time is just like, as time moves on, it's just like the past is the past, but now we're like going back to where it's like business as usual. Like if it was March, you know, March 8th, 2020, and we just picked back up and the last 15 months didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't have any like, uh, any big, any big events, uh, big wrestling events or thing, high cue ball tickets uh, that I'm going to anytime soon. Uh, I mean, I, I will be at New South this Saturday, and uh, and th- the venue for that looks really cool. It looks like one of them old like Roman amphitheaters, and it's out in the open, and it's uh, it's it's outside. I think uh, I'm excited to see how that how that how it's going to go. But uh, other than that. Uh, the first week of July, as as usual, my family goes on 
uh, goes to Gulf Shores to the beach for vacation. So I, I got that to look forward to. And then a few months later, uh, the long-awaited trip that I have been planning for over a year with uh, our friends in the String Queen, CC and Jess, and a bunch of our other friends, uh, our friend Isaiah from Crystal Lakes Soldiers Podcast, and and a bunch of, uh, of, of all of our mutual friends. Uh, we've been planning this big Orlando. Uh, uh, I, we've been planning this big Orlando trip for for, uh, for the for September for us to all to go to, to Halloween Horror Nights together. And uh, we have our, our hotel already because we're staying two nights on property and we're just waiting for tickets to drop so we can get those. But everything's looking good and I am super excited. Yeah, you know, um, that's one of the things I started seeing. I think it was yesterday or today. I started hearing like there was leaks for Halloween Horror Nights, not, you know, I started thinking about you guys because I know you're going, you know, with the Scream Queens and um, and there's also the other uh, another fellow podcast, the Babes with Power. Uh, they I know they're into Halloween Horror Nights as well. So I started hearing about these leaks about like the the different um, where are they like rooms or are they? I'm trying to think of what's called like settings or segments or. It's a it's essentially different houses with yes. different with different themes, but then there's also like scare zones outside that are themed as well. So that yeah, so like I was hearing like there was like leaks about that, and I was just like, you know, I could just see because of our you know colleagues and friends, just how um, you know how big and how like the anticipation is building and building for tickets for HHN to come out, and that's exciting. I mean, like I said, it's that 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 normalcy and in, in America is coming back and you know I just was getting I saw you know college football stadiums are gonna open up you know NFL stadiums are opening up I mean this you know God willing everything is back to normal and we have a you know through the winter and not we have nothing crazy happening and you know and movies are coming back like a lot of movies are as we've talked about a few weeks ago are dropping you know beginning this week through like the whole summer major you know box office attractions and that just leads me to you know get it as i keep been talking about for the last two years halloween kills just like october 15th let's get here man let's do it oh yeah i'm 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 super excited for for halloween and, and just for everybody to know like i'm not gonna show about fucking halloween halloween kills I'm oh just, no i'm gonna keep saying that every single day october 15 let's get here because i've been waiting for over you know yeah, 2018 was to, a long time ago we might have to do like a a spoiler a spoiler like review slash thoughts uh bonus episode after after me and you both see it yeah, because we're definitely gonna want to talk about it. But you know, the other thing too is like for me, um, well, this is like exciting because the other part is as I was gonna say, as getting older, man, this week has been it's been tough getting getting out of bed, man. My back, my back, my knees have been killing me. And I'll say this to everybody, you know, if if you're whether you're young or old, then make sure you take care of yourself because for me as a younger person, I was a big boy, and I tell you what, the that punishment it took on my back and my and my knees growing up being a big you know husky thick boy, um, 
even after I did everything I could to, you know, shed over a hundred pounds to get down to where I'm at, which is around like, you know, 204, 205. I tell you what, there's days I wake up and I'm just like, my whole body hurts because of that, that punishment. So, you know, I tell people all the time, make sure you eat right, take care of yourself because you only get one body in this life and you don't want it to be a painful one. Yeah, that's, that's very true. I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I'm glad I, I've kind of like, I've never been like, uh, I've always been active, but like the, the, there's been periods where, you know, I get lazy and I'll go like a, a few months, uh, almost a year of like not doing anything. And, and then I'll finally just like, you know, I'm kind of, I'm ready to get back in shape. And so I'll start going to the gym and eating right and stuff. And, and that's kind of what I'm in now. I'm, I'm hoping I, I'm hoping I'll eventually stick to it and won't actually quit this time I'm, I'm doing pretty good so far though and I'm, I'm enjoying it no I mean yeah especially it helps with like the stress and anxiety like that's one of the biggest things for me was that caused you know because my weight had fluctuated when I was through college and getting a job and starting my career the stress and anxiety really affects it so that's one you know in a negative way so when I finally you know decided to get back into the gym in the last two years um going back to 2018 you know through even through covid been working out at home it really helps with the you know the endorphins and keeping me mentally straight oh yeah it definitely does uh especially going to the gym uh it just it it, yeah it really helps relieve a lot of stress and just makes you feel it just makes you feel good after getting a good workout in Uh, but yeah, uh, but b- b- besides, uh, besides Halloween, uh, I don't know UJR, but the thing I'm looking forward to most, uh, here that's coming up is next year, January 14th. Cause, uh, th- they did just announce that everything is completely ready and done and ready for a release for it. January 14th, 2022 scream. I cannot wait to finally get another Scream movie. So with Scream, I was, I heavily enjoyed the first one. I think as most people did, I enjoyed the second one. I think, you know, most people did the third one. I enjoyed it. I know a lot of people didn't, or you hear like, it's kind of like iffy 50, 50 from what I've seen. I enjoyed the concept of kind of the whole concept of the trilogy going back to the beginning, the, you know, the, the killer, had a backstory that like was basically that was preceded scream that led to essentially the movie scream happening. And then scream four came and I was just like, there was just a lot of things about it. Like the whole opening segment I didn't like. And then the, um, some of the deaths I didn't like. Um, and then you get to the ending and just the whole ending and the way that that whole thing played. I just thought was really bad. And I remember, uh, I don't think I, I may have shared this, but I wasn't sh- sure. Um, I was in college when Scream 4 came out, and I had to go to a meeting out of town. And the hotel I was staying in was next to a movie theater. And the people I was with, they're like, oh, we're all going to go out. We're going to go out to you. We're going to go out you know, to you know, to a club. And I was like, hey, y'all could do that. I'm staying here because there's a 7 o'clock showing and I'm going to go see Scream 4 because I waited, you know, 
I don't know what was that point, a decade? I can't remember when Scream 3 came out, but I know Scream 4 came out 2011. And so you're just sitting there watching it. I mean, people were laughing and giggling, just kind of like it was just, I just was, like, I kind of was embarrassed, like, because of how bad it was, in my opinion. So with Scream, you know, this one coming out, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, isn't this supposed to be, like, the, like they're saying, like, this is the final, final one? Uh... I've heard it possibly starts a new trilogy, um, or or like a new a new set of movies. I couldn't. Maybe I was wrong. I felt like they said like this. Like this was intended to be like the final one, but I, I can't remember. Um, I, th- I, th- I think I've heard heard something like that, but I've also heard that this may start a new series. I think it's one of those things where it always depends on how you know. Depends on how how it goes. Yeah, because it's like in a different one. It's like the Joker with um, with Joaquin Phoenix, and it was just like, oh, this is gonna be one and done. Then all of a sudden, that it like just destroyed the box office. So they're like, no, I think we're gonna make another one. It's like, yeah, you really should make another one. And I think that's how it is with this one. With if it does really well, I'm sure they'll be like, okay, we're gonna add to this. But I just hope that it's kind of gets back to like the original like scream one and scream two where like there's a lot of it gets that same enjoyment and not so much of like like the cheesiness that was in four so that's my only hope and especially when you bring back so many like the the three originals uh david nev and courtney i just really hope that's what happened so i i will watch it i will definitely go to the movie theater because you know for me scream is probably you know after Halloween my second favorite horror film. So I just really enjoyed it, and it's also um you know pay tribute to the man you know Wes Craven you know one of the you know Godfathers of horror and everything he did for the genre and just it's sad that he's not here you know to be part of this one. Um, but that's you know I hope it leave it, it um in his honor it lives up to the legacy that he created yeah that's all that's all i really hope for as well uh i i have high hopes for it but you know i'm, I'm super excited about it but yeah uh so uh but we don't have any uh really any news we do have some listener questions which which i can't wait to to answer because they're gonna be fun, but I will say, uh, for anyone who is unaware, uh, uh, as you know, we're really good friends with the Stream Queens, and uh, uh, my friend Cece of the Stream Queens, uh, her husband Teddy, who is also a really uh, close friend of mine, we recently started a podcast where, yes, I started another podcast that's like. The eighty seventh one I do weekly now. <laughs> I don't know how I'm doing it, but I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna try. <laughs> uh, but uh, we started a podcast recently called from from Beyond the Crypt. You can follow us on Twitter at FBTC Podcasts, and we talk about cryptids, creepy pastas, and urban legends. And we release episodes on Wednesdays. And it, it's been pretty fun recording, uh, pretty fun recording that. I actually, like, uh, at first, uh, we were just going to do episodes every, uh, bi-weekly because, you know, I didn't want to put too much pressure on myself with doing so many podcasts. And 
then I started doing it and I had so much fun. I was like, Teddy, we're probably just going to do episodes every week because this is just too much fun. <laughs> but uh, if uh, I, I'd really appreciate anyone who's listening. If you haven't, uh, check it out. Uh, 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 check out the other podcasts if if you're into if you're into creepypastas or uh urban legends or or cryptids uh and me and teddy would greatly appreciate it and on uh, and then also in other podcast news uh as uh, most of you know i also do a wrestling podcast with my, my buddy carmen who's our editor uh and our buddy uh davis who uh, is, is one of my close friends and uh in who's one of my close friends and we do a, a podcast called total nonstop analysis where Carmen was a big TNA fan and me and Davis didn't watch TNA when it came out. So we're going back and rewatching TNA and we do a podcast on it each week. And, uh, we recently, uh, we're starting a new series where we're going to release a, a new series, uh, bi-weekly, uh, thankfully, uh, not weekly, uh, where we take a look at, at either a certain wrestler or a certain theme and and just go through different matches and stuff and it's called featured friday and the first one i believe comes out this friday uh it comes out uh, this coming up friday and it'll be uh on raven which i am super excited about uh, it was super fun recording that episode i loved revisiting the raid the raven matches and uh, yeah, if you, uh, uh, if, if, if that interests you, uh, check it out. Total, total nonstop analysis. Yeah, your um, your new podcast with Teddy's is going to be phenomenal. And you know, I've had a chance to talk to Teddy um, in our group chats, and you know, and he was been on our show before, and he's just you know, he's really good. Um, you can tell he enjoys what he does, has that same passion that we do. And, and I'm excited for you. And I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll get back into do it. It's be like, I need to do a second podcast. And I'll be like, Kyle, I'm going to give you your 90th one to do. So you have to quit your full-time <laughs> job and just do podcasts from now on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't mind. Uh, I mean, I'll talk, I'll talk with you about anything. It, it, it'd be too easy. I mean, when we just have a natural flow, we can talk about pretty much anything together. You know, the one thing I saw today though, I will say this just real quick uh, to go back to horror news. Um, so I had heard that in late, late August that they're going to release American, Hor- American horror story double feature. And, you know, for those, I'm sure, for those who are not familiar, American Horror Stories and is an FX TV show that's essentially became an anthology where every season is a new season of a different storyline. And then I saw today, though, that American Horror Story is going to release American Horror Stories, stories where each episode is essentially its own tell. And it's releasing July 15th exclusively FX on Hulu. So this appears to be a new, um, you know, a new mini series where each episode is different an anthology season, if you will. And you have to have Hulu in order to watch it. So that's interesting because um, they gave a little teaser trailer today that, I mean, there's really nothing on it, but it's just, if you're a fan of American Horror Story and you know what they've done 
with some of their characters they've had. I mean, there's been some really good seasons, and they get a lot of you know really good actors to be a part of it. Oh yeah, I love American Horror Story. I'm I'm definitely excited for this one. So yeah, so uh, like I said, so there's American Horror Story double feature that comes out on FX for those who have cable I on in the end of uh, August. I believe it's August 21, somewhere around there. But on July 15th, exclusively only FX on Hulu. It's American Horror Stories, and as they say, a twisted new anthology. So. Um, just wanted to throw it out there because it came across my Twitter feed today. I had not heard about it until today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. Uh, I am excited to see where they go because basically from what I heard was they're basically going to be doing two different uh, two different stories within one season, but it's not going to be like, it's not going to like come to get, it's not going to be convoluted. So it's going to be easier for them to like, do a whole season and like half the episodes are on one part and then half the other half is on another story. And so I think it'll come together a lot, a lot better. Yeah. You know, I, I can tell you, I saw that, you know, the first season they're going to have um, Sarah Paulson for uh, who's phenomenal. And there's been numerous roles, American horror story. I enjoyed her in um, when they did, I think it was called the American crime story, which was the season about the, the uh, murder of Nicole Brown and Ron Goldman in the OJ Simpson trial. And she had started in there. Um, Evan, Evan Peters, who's been in a number of seasons was Quicksilver and X-Men. And then um, there's some other you know, recurring people, but then the one thing I saw today that in the second part that was, it says casted for part two was, I believe you say his name, Neil make, donahoe donahue something of that nature um you know i remember seeing him as in the movie walking tall uh he played damian dark in the arrowverse um the cw arrowverse on the tv shows arrow and legends of tomorrow and you know number of films but you know he's gonna be in there and i think he's a tremendous actor i really enjoyed him um, if he's a bad guy, he plays a really good bad guy. I mean, he did as an antagonist in the Arrowverse, um, on the in Arrow, and then yeah, he's tomorrow. He he's just he's really yeah. good at what he does. Yeah, Damian Dark. Yeah, he's he's a really good actor, especially playing a bad guy. Like Damian Dark was was amazing. Uh, even though it's not you know Arrow, and it's kind of a uh, movie. Uh, it, just uh, to do more on like how good of a, of a villain character he is. Uh, he also plays the antagonist, uh, and, and not the antagonist. He plays the bad guy in uh, Walk and Tall. Yeah, and that was the first movie I saw him that he played the antagonist, where he you know to counteract you know Dwayne the Rock Johnson in that film. Yeah. I think that back actually. Yeah, the, he he did pretty good in that one too. And then looking through his quickly his filmography. Um, I didn't realize this actually the first time I saw him, he played, he had a minor role in the 1994 Disney movie angels in the outfield where he was one of the, uh, Anaheim angels or California angels. I think at the time it was. And I remember his character was kind of a goofy one. It's always amazing. whenever you see somebody's filmography and you're like, Oh my God, he was in or he or she was in that role. And now they're in that role. Like, look how far they came. It's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's pretty crazy. You see people that I, you know, how diverse they've gone. 
Oh yeah. It, 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 it's pretty crazy. Uh, well, uh, let's say uh, we get into some listener questions before we get into our review of this movie, Jar. Uh, so today we, as as uh, anyone who don't know, we uh, we have a new we have this segment called Listener Questions, where you know listeners of the podcast can submit questions to our Twitter. We'll put up a Twitter post uh, at some point during the week, and you just leave your questions there, and we'll answer it all on the show. And this week, uh, we have two questions. The first comes from our 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 friend of the podcast, Man of Horror. That's at Man underscore of underscore Horror One on Twitter. And uh, Man of Horror asks. So we've had two 80s icons in Freddy and Jason face off in Freddy versus Jason. What two 90s horror icons would you like to, to see put up against each other for a versus film? I've been thinking about this one for a little bit. And I, I wanted, I, I thought I was going to go the supernatural route and go like supernatural characters, but I think I'm going to go more of a, of a, of a more of a human route. And I'm going to go with. One of my favorites, uh, Ghostface from from the Scream franchise, versus the Fisherman from I, from I know I know what you did last summer, and uh, I, I still know know what you did last summer. Not the third sequel that we're not going to talk about. <laughs> I would love to see Ghostface versus the Fisherman. I think that'd be a that'd be a great battle because I mean both are are two humans. In costume, so and they don't have supernatural abilities, so they're 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 evenly matched to a point. And I mean, they both pretty much uh, uh, have have the same strategy and everything. So I think it'd be interesting to see how they tried to one up each other. How about you, Jr.? That's a good one. Um, you know, for me, because I'm a fan of slashers, I think one would think that I would go the more human route. And I, I started thinking about like, you know, if I took, for example, Billy Loomis and from the Scream franchise, because that was the first thing to mind put up against who or what I would. But then I was like, you know, I'm going to go the supernatural magical route. And I'm going to go with Leprechaun versus the Jinn from Wishmaster. Oh, that'll be, oh, that, I, ooh, that, that's going to be something. I, so first, I mean, I, I love Leprechaun. I love the character Leprechaun because Warwick Davis does such a good job, you know, being the character Leprechaun and his, you know, his numerous, um, you know, rhymes that he does and his song, you know, song and dance routine that he does as a Leprechaun. And then I remember the first time I saw, you know, Wishmaster and the guy who plays the Jinn, um, also known as Nathaniel Demarest, uh, his real name is Andrew Divoff. And I remember I saw him uh, in a role prior to this as Luis Cali in a film starring Sean Astin called Toy Soldiers in the early 90s. Uh, Sean Astin and Will Wheaton, actually. And he just, just his facial expressions, especially as a Jin and just that evil grin. I just thought this guy was like, he was just a killer, killer bad guy. Like that's all you would ever want him for was just to be a bad guy. And um, 
I think he did, you know, such a good job in that, just as that character as in Wishmaster of the Jinn and how they would counteract each other's magic would be, you know, really interesting. Um, now, there could be limitations potentially, you know, because essentially, you know, the Jinn, you know, he had to, you know, you have to ask for wishes. Um, but in this, if we're talking about straight up, you know, one on one, could this be you know essentially using their powers against each other where you know he isn't bound by the wishes to put uses magic that would be interesting but yeah i think they would do a great job yeah that'd be a really interesting matchup uh honestly i i would feel uh uh i already feel feel for the the humans who the the human characters who would be in that movie and happen to you know, deal with the aftermath of that or while they're fighting and, and the casualties that'll happen there just because you got these two amazing supernatural beings that like to, you know, use magic and screw around with people. Absolutely. Uh, so the the final question comes from our friend James Shannon Mo, uh, Morant uh, on Twitter at James Shannon Morant. Uh, James uh, 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 James asked us the question, I believe, on our last show as well. James asks a uh, pretty simple question: which sequel Which sequel do you enjoy more, Nightmare on Elm Street Three: Dream Warriors or Nightmare on Elm or Elm Street Four: The Dream Master? And for me, that's an easy choice. Dream Warriors, hand hands down, easily one of my favorite uh, sequels, and probably probably my my favorite Nightmare movie. Uh, in the entire franchise that movie is just perfection how about you jr you know this is one i you know i was kind of thinking because i've seen i've seen dream War dream warriors a lot more than dream master but the i like dream warriors more because it felt that they like from the very beginning once you realize that they each have like a power and they were united together by um by Nancy Nancy Thompson, you know, from the original Nightmare on Elm Street, that they really try to do their best they can to defeat Jake, you know, Freddy from the from the onset, and they did the best they could to make that work. I feel like in the fourth in the fourth Dream Master, um, when it was you know Alice, it just I feel like it just wasn't working. Like it just, it just was your usual, like, you know, I hate to use, you know, the, the common tell, but like the damsel in distress. And I just, you know, one of the things I've always said that I enjoy is just having some of these guys find, you know, a adversary that really is able to go toe to toe with them. And I felt like that um, in the fourth one, it, didn't happen as much as it did in the third one. Yeah, uh, yeah, I get, yeah, I get, I get where you're saying it. Uh, I get what you're saying about that, though. I uh, uh, thank you, uh, James and a man of horror, for the questions. Uh, we appreciate it. If uh, you'd like to submit any questions for us to answer on the pod, 
just follow us on Twitter at Trick or Treat Pod and look for our listener questions post and just submit your questions. Now, JR, uh, let's say we get into what everybody is here for. Uh, so before we get into it, uh, you know, as anybody who's reading, who's listening to the episode, we're talking about uh, the 2014 found footage uh, movie, uh, The Taking of Deborah Logan, which is uh, it's one of my favorite found footage films. Uh, I discovered it uh, a couple years back. Uh, I think it was on Prime. Uh, I, I had seen the clip that's of one of the ending scenes where Deborah has her like jaw unhinged and her mouth is like super wide and she's like devouring a this little girl as if she's like a snake. And I was like blown away by that image. And I had to find out what the movie was and I found out what the movie was and I finally saw it. And I was just like, wow, that, that, that was a really, really good movie. Uh, and, and from what I've been reading, it's like, that's pretty much mostly what all the reviews are mostly positive. It actually has like a 90% uh, uh, rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, uh, for, for, uh, it's like it's like recommended uh, nine out of ten critics recommend it and everything like it, it has pretty positive reviews uh and like you know besides it being like absolute nightmare fuel because for anyone who don't know i am deathly terrified of snakes so obviously a horror movie with this much snake stuff and especially essentially a woman turning into a snake is nightmare fuel for me uh you know it's a really good well done docu uh found footage movie lots of scary scary images but it it also is a really good uh i feel like it was a really good uh realistic look at at alzheimer's and it shows like its effects on what it does to a person and not just the person that person's family but but it does it like really well without exploiting the the disease if if you understand uh what I mean by that. But yeah. Yeah. And you know, besides all that, it's also a, a really good, just female driven, uh, female led uh, movie. It has like a lot of real strong, strong female uh, actors in it. And it's mostly based around them, uh, which is great. Cause you know, wh- Horror needs more female-led uh, horror films. How do you think, Jr.? No, I mean, when you when we look at the horror genre, and there's so much. It's, it's in the lead role, and I and I said earlier, is that you have you know the term damsel in distress. That's it's always like. It seems like a female, you know, especially a female protagonist is always you know waiting for you know her champion warrior to come save the day um and i think even in the antagonist role the you know the the villain is also kind of seen as well you know a woman couldn't do those things because you know they're not they don't they're not evil enough or malicious enough or strong enough to be able to defeat a guy and it, like i remember i don't even think it was until screen two and urban legend where i feel like I, we had our first like that i've i saw in my lifetime our first like female antagonist 
And it wasn't until Scream, the first one, where I feel like I, you know, where I take that back, you know, you had your Scream Queens. But, you know, when I really started watching horror, which was around the beginning of Scream, where you saw Neff Campbell. Um, but when you have so many that when you have a combination of all of them, where you have a protagonist and an antagonist, that's both female. I, you know, I think that's, you know, a really cool thing. And, um, you know, and there's so much talk, I think, in the last year specifically, like, you know, we've seen things, you know, and as everybody knows, you and I follow wrestling, but, you know, we've seen about like a, a movement to support women, um, not just, you know, in wrestling, but women's sports, women, you know, women in entertainment. But and one of the things that's important is, you know, when, when you see this film, take the taking of Deborah Logan, you can see it and just enjoy it. But if you see, you know, a, a film and you break it down and you see that you said there's, you know, powerful female leads, somebody who is a female horror fan could see this and be like, you know what? I want to get into horror acting. I want to be an actor and actress. And look what they did. I could follow in their footsteps. And I think, you know, a lot of times that's often overlooked and people don't see that. But I think that's the importance of having that diversity and inclusiveness in every genre is because when a when a field's been dominated for so long and you start seeing whether it's a female, an African-American, a Hispanic, you know, male or female, LGBTQ in these roles that allows for people from those similar backgrounds to be able to say if they want to get into that. And I know like, you know, horror is a niche compared to just all of movies and television, but there could be somebody who'd fit one of those, those backgrounds and be like, I could do that. I mean, it's about, it's, you know, instead of just looking at a film for what it is, sometimes if you go more in depth, you could see something as that could be inspirational to somebody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. Uh. What's it? What's all? Another uh, an uh, uh, interesting thing because uh, it's a movie that uh, you've mentioned before. So this movie was filmed by was film film filmed by Adam Hobadell. And this is his uh, directorial debut, actually. And for those who don't know who he is, he uh, uh, he also uh, directed *Insidious: The Last Key*, uh, *Escape Room*, and he's directing the uh, *Escape Room*. Uh, he directed the *Escape Room* uh, sequel, *Tournament of Champions*, as well. And he wrote uh, *Paranormal Activity: The Ghost Dimension*. Um, well, term I we had just talked about the tournament championship that I I'm not familiar with the uh, the TV show. I, well, um, no. I'm not familiar with what the last TV part show? that you had said that he directed. So, uh, but you know, I'm I've, I'm intrigued about the oh the he one uh, that's coming out the tournament champions though. Yeah. Oh, he uh, he directed uh, Escape Room, the first one, and then he escaped. He's directed, he directed the sequel, Tournament of Champions, 
but he also wrote he didn't direct but he wrote uh paranormal activity the, oh the, the ghost i'm sorry dimension. i all i heard was ghost dimension at first yeah. i thought you said tv show the ghost dimension I was yeah like, i'm not familiar no, with that. no no that's i mean i like I said i uh yeah with the escape room directing it i you know i did enjoy watching escape room and i'm intrigued about the second one um but you know that's um i did not see paranormal activity the ghost dimension though so um that's it you know you know he definitely you know expanded on it and he you know from you know in this horror genre and i think he's doing pretty well he started off with the banger that's definitely for sure oh yeah for sure this uh is the hell of a directorial debut for sure uh it's weird uh the budget for this movie is a little odd. Uh, it's really hard to find. Uh, from what I've been reading, apparently it was released in 2014, but it was released in theaters overseas then, and it didn't really get much much going for it. And then they put it on s- some streaming sites here in the U.S., and it didn't really take off. And then in 2019, a company decided to re-release it, and that's when it really started to take off on streaming sites. It became pretty much like a, a Netflix gym for people and uh, Prime Video, which is which is where I saw it as well, uh, became a big uh, uh, a big place to watch it as well. You know, and that's I think that's one of the things you we have talked about in the past is the and you said the term Netflix gym is the more the rise of streaming continues. I mean, I I said earlier with only on hulu uh, american horror stories you're just, you know seeing more of this um and one of the things that occurred in the last year because of people being at home and not movie theaters you're seeing films that found success on streaming sites and i know that one of the things is as a lot of i'd probably say 99.95 percent of movie buffs like is enjoying a good movie in a movie theater i think i'm the only one of an only few introverted people who don't like being around other people watching a movie because I've had bad experiences. Um, but is seeing that success for Netflix, for Hulu, for HBO Max is is this a route where you may see in the future where more people, especially if it's a, a site like Netflix that has so many subscribers and they're seeing that they're getting a lot of clicks and a lot of views with movies could this be a future route for for more films to take that um so i i mean i don't think you're ever gonna see i mean i always say especially after last year don't say anything's impossible but i definitely don't think you're gonna see major box office attractions that have 100 200 you know 300 million dollar budgets you know go to netflix but if you're seeing something between, you know, that 10, 20, 30 million dollar budget, it's possible. I think you're going to see more of it. Oh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I definitely see streaming sites as the future of, of horror films, pretty much. Uh, like unless something, you know, uh, hopefully nothing, nothing happens because I, I love going to movie theaters. Unless uh, movie something happens in movie theaters that you know makes them pretty much uh, not exist anymore, uh, I don't think we'll ever see horror movies or movies in general not go to theaters. But 
uh, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more movies premiering on streaming sites versus uh, theatrical debuts. But uh, no, I say I mean I think the other thing too is is I've noticed um, there's studios that they will have films that they see as a a low risk investment. And those are the films that I think, like, if you take for this one, because I was trying to, as we were talking, I was trying to do some of the background about, like, the budget of it. And I saw two different numbers. Like, I saw one that said 1.5 million, one that said 10 million budget. And so, um, and that's tough when you see films that go out there into the streaming service, you start losing that, that information that you and I, you see of the background. But those are the ones where, um, as before, you would see be released released on DVD, and now those those are the ones that are just gonna be like that's not even gonna happen. Like there's gonna be no more DVDs and Blu-rays. Like these films are gonna go direct to streaming services, either for you to buy for four ninety nine or for you to see on, you know, Netflix or um, or Hulu. I mean, one of the key, the one of the perfect examples was like the last two Tremors films. You know, they were released on, you know, streaming services and Netflix instead of being released on DVD until quite later. Oh, yeah. Uh, But yeah, that's just a little, um, just a little backstory into the movie before we get into it. So uh, with that being said, uh, we won't keep you any longer uh we're talking about uh 2014's the taking of deborah logan hit the trailer 73 apple take one mark the story of alzheimer's is never about one person my phd thief i'm gonna start again you want to keep the house you need to sacrifice you talk to me about sacrifice hey they want to make a movie about me. <laughs> yes, right. We will live and document our subject's physical and mental degradation over the course of two one-month periods. We're gonna have fun, right? Yeah. Okay, good. I'm not interested in being exploited. Sarah mentioned that Deb's been sleepwalking pretty bad. So let's set up surveillance cams. This is not normal sleepwalking. You should come see this. It's not good, Doc. Do you remember a man named Henri Desjardins? Went missing 30 years ago. I tried to wash you in the river, you know. How long did you become? That woman is crazy. The notion of spiritual parasites does exist. Okay. So, the 
Taking a Deborah Logan. It was released on October 21st, 2014. It was directed by, by Adam Rebettel, uh, produced by Jeff Rice and Brian Singer. Uh, it stars uh, Jill Larson, Anne Ramsey, uh, Michelle Ang, and Ryan Corona. And it has a runtime of 90 minutes. So, you know, you know, folks said before, we highly recommend this movie. Uh, it's, it's a really easy watch. I mean, it's only an hour and 30 minutes. So it's, it's, it, it goes by pretty quick and it, it's paced, paced, paced pretty well, in my opinion, as well. Uh, so pretty much the backstory is we, we have this team of students and their names are Mia, Gavin, and Lewis. And they are wanting to create a documentary about this woman, Deborah Logan, who is an elderly woman who has Alzheimer's disease, and they're doing it for their PhD thesis film. Uh, Deborah, though, is at first she's a little uh, she she's not really on board with being filmed, but uh, you know, because she don't want to. Uh, she's afraid of being exploited, and uh, you know, because you know, unfortunately, people do that. Do that shit. It's really shitty, but that's unfortunately the world we live in. Uh, but she and uh, she's really reluctant at first, uh, and she even like tr- tries to tell the team to to just go back. That you know she's sorry they traveled so so far, but she don't really want to do this now. But after a little convincing, because her daughter Sarah, who is her caregiver her primary uh, uh, caregiver, she tells her that, you know, they kind of need this money because they're given, they're being given grant money for, for, uh, from the team of students uh, for allowing them to film her, her mother for their, uh, for their documentary. And she like reminds her that apparently they have gotten behind on the, on their house payments and stuff. And that it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's under a attack to possibly get repossessed soon. And Sarah reminds her that, you know, they need the money to, in order to keep their house. And so finally Deborah agrees to let them film, uh, to let them film her. And through this, uh, we go through a little backstory of, of, of Deborah. We, we learned that Deborah, when her in her early years, uh, she she used to be a what is known as a switchboard operator, and it was for like an answering service business that she did to make ends meet. And uh, this whole switchboard business was really deep, wasn't it, Jr.? No, I mean one of the things I'm going to say, and I don't think I said it when we begin this film is. I like the transitions, but man, like when we start getting into like this film and when you start, um, I'm going to say this people. So typically in the past, like when we have films we watch, so for example, like paranormal activity, that's a film that I had seen before and I'll watch it again to refresh my mind. If it's a film I didn't see before, like grave encounters, I'll watch it twice back to back. Cause I take notes stuff like this. This film, as I was watching it and I started seeing the behavior and seeing things happening, I became really disturbed. And I was like, I don't think I can watch this film again. So this is a film where like, it's really, really good. 
And if you've never seen it, I hope you've seen it before you started this review. But damn, is it disturbing. Like, you gotta be a special person to see this film and see it multiple times. Yeah, it's 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 got some pretty uh, pretty shocking images and just really really terrifying. But you moments. know, one of the things I will say though, just to get back where we talked about, you know, the why they're doing this this filming is, you know, man, that's some, you know, unfortunately, you know, during tough times, you know, in recession stuff like that, people do things they do not want to do, and when your house is on the line. Um, and that's your safety net. You know, your home is your sanctuary, especially if it's been your family for a while. You'll do whatever it takes to get that to save that, because that's the last thing you ever want taken is your home. Besides, if you have family members, obviously. But like, if material possessions is that's the last thing you could ever give up is your house. Oh yeah. Uh, so, so you know, this film crew is pretty much recording. Deborah's daily life and at first it's it's just you know just just mundane things that you would you would pretty much come to expect in in someone with this disease and you know her, her doctor her 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 personal uh physician dr uh hazir uh, states that what they're what she's the everything that she's exhibiting it's just normal normal behavior for someone who has like an aggressive form of alzheimer's however though the cameraman uh, uh lewis he starts to notice that there's some things that are really odd and honestly defy normal expl- explanations and he starts to kind of express concern that there's something supernatural occurring and and jerry yeah he uh He's right. There, uh, like the physician kind of chalked it to being normal, but there's some stuff she does that's pretty. You can't really explain. Like there's a part where Lewis is filming, uh, Deborah in her garden. Uh, she's like doing some gardening, and he sees her like pull out a, a snake from uh, from the ground, and, and he's he's kind of freaked out about that, and uh. All of a sudden, he turns and to talk to somebody else, and all of a sudden, Deborah's right there in his face, and it's like, if you look at how far away she was, that where she is, there's literally no way possible she could have got there that quick, especially being an, an yeah. I mean, woman. the other thing is, I, I know unfortunately, I, I have a a relative that knows Alzheimer's, and one of the big things is um, when they're not lucid, is they started exhibiting. Behavior in this case, uh, their behavior was they would start essentially just the equivalent of sleepwalking. They would get up and just start walking everywhere, looking for somebody or something from their past. Um, and unfortunately, like with this, with my family member that goes that's going through that, you know, their children has to make sure that they are, you know, at night all the doors are locked, like double locked triple locked um that way they're not able to get out because once once they leave like you really don't know where they're gonna go but especially as an elderly person being you know sluggish lethargic not moving well and a lot of times patients alzheimer's because they're disoriented they move slow because they're just constantly looking around figuring out their surroundings if somebody's 50 feet away 
an elderly person with Alzheimer's, and then you turn back around and they're in your face in three seconds, yeah, there's something seriously wrong with that. Yeah, and uh, one of the other, besides, there is that one, and then there is a part where near the beginning, uh, Deborah is uh, sleepwalking, and like they have cameras all over the house because you know they're trying to document every bit of her footage. And there's there's a scene where she is looking at, she's down in the kitchen, and she's looking at at the counter, and, and you can see the time code on the camera. And the time code doesn't change, but she, she just like, it's like she levitates, uh, or like she just immediately like jumps straight into the counter, but while jumping, she just immediately appears on top of the counter and they take note that, that, uh, that there was no way for that to happen. Cause like the, the time code doesn't change. So it was a continuous loop. And so there's really just no way possible that, that she did that. But, uh, you know, just stuff like this starts slowly happening over time. And, and things kind of, things kind of take a turn for the worse when, uh, there's a, there's a night where, where, where Deborah has ran out. Uh, she's, 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 uh, they can't find her. She's not in her room and she's They look on the camera. She's completely naked. And she ends up running upstairs to where her switchboard is and they go after her and they're trying to find her and stuff. And you see like, as, as they're going up the stairs, uh, cause that door is, uh, in the house it usually is never open. No one's supposed to go in there. And so she's went up there and they're walking up the stairs and you see pieces of flesh on the stairs as they're walking up, which they're visibly concerned about. And then they get in there uh, they get in upstairs and it's like in this like attic thing and you see Deborah is at her switchboard naked and she is speaking French and talk and constantly going uh, plugging this one line uh, uh, back in and out over and over and over again and uh, the, 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 I finally end up uh, finding out uh, that after because th- they recorded the the camera crew recorded like audio and stuff and they play it back and they find out that she's actually talking in French about sacrifices and snakes and someone being the fifth victim and so you know they're, they're obviously pretty freaked out at this point and then one of the other parts uh, I, I skipped over uh, one of the other scary parts there's a part where uh Deborah is like literally rips a piece of her throat, like a skin, like completely off one night. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fucking crazy. So when this, I was watching this film, yeah. right, and I was, I just got off work. You know, my teleconference calls that I do for work, and so I put it on and seen it go progress, and I'm seeing obviously, you know, everything that's lead up to this moment. When this moment happens and she rips out, it looks like she rips out her throat herself. Like my jaw dropped, and I, like I literally was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Like, and the way it was done, and then like, and I have to, I can't give this up. Like the practical effects, like like that, 
we talk about you know the 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 effects of like tom savini and stuff like that and how it makes movies better like the way it looked it was like this looks like it could be real like that this this isn't something where like oh it's a cutaway scene or oh that's like a shitty like effect you could tell it's like a prop or something like that like this looks like she literally ripped out her throat and i thought she was gonna die at this point Yeah, it was it was a pretty crazy scene. Like I, I also was like, how did she survive that? That's because it was no little bitty piece of skin. It like she ripped out her throat and she there's blood everywhere. But she she somehow uh, they made it. They they got her to the hospital and uh, she she was fine after that. Uh, well, as fine as she, as she could be. Uh, after they. They, they found out about that she was talking about sacrifices and snakes and stuff. They end up finding out that she was plugging in and uh, plugging in and out the line for 337 on the switchboard. And they, after some digging around, they ended up finding out that that line belonged to a local physician named Henry has hardens or, I think I butchered that name. Uh, how, how do you say it, Jr.? Is it I his think name? Yeah. Um, dude, it's uh, Henry. You're talking about dude, this, this sergeants, yeah. this sergeants, this Jardins. Um, I'm yeah. those people. Like, if I hear it, I will remember for the rest of my life. If I got to sound it on myself, it's gonna be bad. But it's because it's, it's spelled <laughs> D E S and then like Jardins, like J J A R D I N S. Yeah. The problem is when you see something like that, you don't know if like if there is like a silent vowel, a silent letter, and so I would say it's Henry Desargens, but I could be completely wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I think I heard it say and said a different way on the on the movie, but oh, we'll go with that. But. Yeah, the line belonged to a local physician named Henry Tejardins, who disappeared after he was linked to a series of cannibalistic, ritualized murders of four young girls. And uh, after that, they find out this. uh, While finding out this, Deborah's behavior has pretty much become so extreme that she's have to be she has to be hospitalized for her own safety now she has a neighbor who is named harris who's been a longtime friend of hers and he is not happy with the film crew with the film crew at all and he thinks that they have other intentions uh involving involving her and, and filming her and stuff and he, he he's just he he doesn't mean mean bad he's just he's very protective of, of deborah and stuff you know they've been like longtime friends well there was a night where the harris ends up getting drunk and he ends up grabbing a shotgun and just firing a shotgun at the film crew's van and blowing out all the windows out of it <laughs> and uh the the police are called and he gets uh he gets apprehended and stuff and this one, this this part is, is kind of funny because I was like, I'm I'm so glad a movie finally did this. The the cameraman Gavin, 
or uh, and uh, he he finally one of the film crew, uh, Gavin, he finally is so mad and just done with all of everything leading up to this that he ends up quitting and driving off. He literally like gets in his van. Everybody tells him to, you know, hey, think about it. You, you need this paycheck, and he tells them to fuck off, to fuck both of you, and he drives off. And he's never seen again. And I, I love it because I've never seen another movie. It's been a long time since I've seen a movie where a character in a horror film, especially literally says, fuck this shit. I'm out and leaves and literally gets to leave. It's, it sort of reminds <laughs> me of uh, scream Two With the cameraman that, it, 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 you know, that was, yeah. like, I think they were trying to throw you off on like the scent of who the killer was in that one. Um, and I can't remember his name. I want to say. And I'm not going to say because I'll screw it up. I thought it was uh, Bellamy, but I think that's wrong. Um, but anyways, but he did something similar. So like I saw, but I agree. Like that's the thing. Like you and I, we've talked about these found footage films. And I just like one of the things is with, you know, the the cameraman or people with cameras, I'm like, when you get to the point where you're just kind of like, F this, I'm dropping this camera, I'm not going to deal with this shit anymore. Yeah, I, I couldn't, uh, I, I mean, I don't blame Gavin at all. This is this is a pretty realistic response. I mean, once you start seeing all this supernatural stuff and, and then somebody fires a shotgun at your van and blows out all your windows... Fuck it, I'm I'm out. <laughs> I'm I'm not dealing with this. No money is just worth to, this. Uh, just to make sure I correct myself, the character in Scream Two was played by Dwayne Dwayne Martin, and his name was Joel. So I just want to make sure you know correct myself when I misspoke. But yeah, those are the only two times I've ever seen somebody that in the horror film just said like "f this, I'm out. I'll catch you later" because I'm not gonna die. Yeah, it's uh. It was, it was great. I, I was just I was glad seeing it because it was just so fucking funny the way he did it. But uh, but you know he quits and you know he he's gone. So it's just Mia and Lewis now. This the only part people left of the, the film crew who's still there. Uh, Mia and and the others they end up finding out that uh, the physician Tejardins was supposedly trying to recreate an ancient uh a monican ritual that would make him immortal because he had uh hokarian's disease i believe is what they said and uh it, it but it, the the ritual requires the death of five girls who had recently you know ha- had their first period they uh they start maybe after looking into this and realizing you know, this and seeing everything that kind of, cause it, it, the ritual also involved like snakes and stuff. And there's been a lot of snakes around. Uh, they start questioning whether they think that maybe Deborah is not suffering. Well, well she's suffering from Alzheimer's, but the beha- behavior that's really going on now is that she's not, this isn't Alzheimer's. This is, she's possessed by the Chardons, uh, because a similar case had occurred in Africa where a mother, had been possessed by her dead son, but it was uh, she was only been able to be freed when a witch doctor ended up burning her son's corpse. 
So, you know, they're at the hospital with with Deborah because you know she has to stay at the hospital now because she she can't be on her own, and hurts her her uh, her her longtime friend Harris. She ends up he ends up visiting Deborah, and while he's there, uh, Deborah begs Harris to kill her, and he ends up trying to comply with her wish, but. He gets knocked out by the hospital room TV. It gets flung across the room, like the whole room starts shaking, and then that TV just flies off and hits him in the in the thing. Because whatever is possessing uh, Deborah does not want uh, uh, him to kill him to kill Deborah. Uh, after this, Sarah, Mia, and 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 Lewis they discover that Deborah has unsuccessfully tried to abduct uh, Kara, who is a young cancer patient, who she had previously tried to take away. Uh, they, they, they end up finding... Uh, they end up finding... The, the hospital finds out... Uh, finds Deborah and Kara down in like an, uh, an abandoned part of the hospital, and they end up getting, getting, her, uh, uh, getting her away from Deborah. Well, uh, after this happens, uh, Deborah, uh, ends up trying to get, uh, ends up getting, uh, uh, she, no, 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 uh, I, I'm not bad, I got, I got a mix up there, uh, Sarah learns, uh, she talks to Harris, who's, you know, in the hospital after getting hit by the TV, and she learns from Harris that years ago, Deborah found out that found out that uh, Hesjardins had planned to use Sarah as his fifth his fifth victim to complete the ritual. Well, Deborah found out about it, and she ended up murdering uh, Hesjardins, uh, you know, before he could before he could accomplish it. it and he buried it, and she buried his body in in her yard. Well, they eventually get the spot from uh, from from Harris uh, where the body's uh, where the body is from him, and they go and they try and dig up his his remains so that they can burn them. Well, they when they dig them up, they they only they find Deborah's spade there, which uh, which they conclude that she's already been there. So then they have to run back in the house and look for any evidence at all of where she may have found it. And they end up finding some, some, uh, some footprints lead up into the attic and then they go in the attic and they find a, a bag in the attic and it's, it clearly has his remains in it cause it smells, smells awful. Well, they end up taking it downstairs and trying to burn it. But when they do a bunch of snakes come out, and when they try and burn it, it, it erupts like this loud shriek, and 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 uh, it knocks them back. So they were unsuccessful in uh, trying in trying to burn the remains. At this point in the film, uh, how do you think it's going on, Jr.? How, how freaked out the are problem, you? The problem I have when you get to a film like this, you see like so many things are going wrong. So one of the things that is always interesting about horror is like in horror. Like, have we ever seen a film where like the bad guy wins? 
Like, I think that's always been like a common thing. Like the bad guy always loses, but when you get in this film, actually, uh, J- Johnny Depp has a movie oh, called he Secret did with Window. The porn. Where... Yeah, <laughs> where, where he wins. That. He's the bad guy. I <laughs> fucking love that film. movie. Okay. But with this, like, yep. you get to the point where, like, you know, it doesn't, like, so that's, like, the one exception I've seen. But, yeah, I've, I remember seeing that movie. Um, it, this movie so that we, Actually, we need to watch that one of these days to review it. That's a good film. Um, but it's, like, you're seeing all the things that went wrong. It's, like, man, like, I think the bad guy's going to win. And the bad guy's going to, like, do some serious damage. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I agree. If you, we're definitely have to gonna have to do that one someday. It's it's a favorite of mine. But uh, so after they they unsuccessfully trying to burn these remains, they find out that Deborah has succeeded in abducting the little girl from her, her, earlier, uh, Kara, and they they believe that she's taken her to a location where. To Desjardins had killed all of his previous victims, which is down like in this abandoned mine. So, uh, they end up getting the help of of of, of the sheriff, uh, Sheriff Tweed, and uh, they all go to uh, they all uh, go to go to the mines, and they end up uh, finding Deborah on her way there. Well. No, well, it, 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 it's odd when they like go to her. Uh, this really creepy. They find Deborah with with the little girl like walking towards the mines, and they go to stop her. And the little girl though is, she say it's weird. They don't like mention it, but she's repeating over and over again that he is a good man. He's just trying to protect me. He wants to bathe me in the river. So it's clear that, you know, this girl knows, uh, you know, about Tej Jardins, but the others don't pick up on that, that, that she's just saying that over and over again and not Deborah. Uh, and then when, when they try and go get her, uh, Deborah does this like crazy thing where one of the officers that's with that's with him tries to uh, get Deborah, and she turns around and she spits venom at his face and, and burn and like burns his face. And so like Lewis, the cameraman has to like take him and uh, take him back down uh, to safety and, and get him help. <laughs> what do you think? Whenever she spits, I think venom, this is the Jennifer? part like we've seen the snakes in the film, but like I, she's basically a, became a snake and I, like did not see that coming and um man this film is just really unique like i just for me like i've never seen anything like this film and the way that things are happening and you know we've seen possession films like i mean exorcist one of the greatest horror films of all time but i don't think i've ever seen a possession film where a person is like turning into another object Yeah, it's, it's it's pretty pretty crazy, man. It's fucking nightmare fuel. Uh, after this happens, you know, Deborah uh, and and Deborah gets Kara, and th- they end up disappearing. Well, uh, uh, Mia and Sarah and uh, Sheriff Tweed ha- follow after them. Uh, 
they end up uh, they end up uh, t- uh, they end up Deborah and Kara have gone in this like building that's leading into a mine, and Sheriff Tweed tells Mia and uh, Sarah to stay out that she'll go after him and she goes in and but then after a little bit you hear uh there's obviously there's a commotion and you hear uh the, the sheriff scream well then so sarah and mia runs in and they you find sheriff tweed they find sheriff tweed dead with snakes uh around around her body and then this is where so now they uh the, the, after this, they go straight through the mines uh, after Deborah and and Kara. After a little bit pursuing and stuff, uh, they end up uh, f- uh, uh, going into this cave in the mine. There's this uh, this little cave entrance, and uh, they had to like, get in this hole and crawl through, and the the hole's filled with snakes. Uh, Sarah has one of the best parts that I was like, okay, Sarah, you're you're my fucking hero for this because, like I said before, I'm deathly terrified of snakes, so I would be, I would be able to do this. I'd be beside myself. I, I'd have to like get out. Uh, Sarah gets in in the crawl space, and there's snakes everywhere. She literally pushes the snake back and tells a snake to fuck off. Like she's not having any of this. I was like, okay, Sarah, you're my fucking hero. <laughs> That that reminds me of, of the only thing that reminds me of is something that happened in real life. A video I saw in real life where a kangaroo, um, like grab grabbed hold of this man's dog, and the guy went after the kangaroo so the dog get away, and the kangaroo like went like towards him, and the guy punched the kangaroo in the face. It's a, I don't know if you've ever seen that video. It's out there in social media. That's what that's what oh, that reminds yeah. me of. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah. I, there's that. some things, you know, there, I've worked with animals. I've been around snakes. And when they said with, you know, snakes and animals bigger than me, it's like, you know, there's some things I don't want to mess with, things that are unpredictable and things that are bigger than me that I can't control. And, you know, snakes are an unpredictable, you know, animal, um, I remember reading the story where, just on a quick tangent uh, off the one I just gave, but this this lady had you know about a, I think she's like a ten foot long you know boa constrictor that was her pet, and you know she was feeding it you know its normal type of food it would eat like you know mice and stuff like that. So one day the um, and she would like you know pet the snake and wash the snake, and she would sleep with it, and uh, you know all of a sudden the snake stopped stopped eating. And, you know, after, you know, a few days, she took it to the vet and was like, same, man, my snake's not doing good. It's not eating. It's like, checks it out, looks at it, and talks to the lady. He's like, you know, how long has it been eating? It's like about a week. Okay. Um, has it been, you know, question, like, do you, how does it interact with you? It's like, well, you know, I, I play, you know, I pet it. I care for it. We sleep. It's like, yeah. It's like, how does it sleep? It's like, well, it lays down by my side you know does it does it stretch out or does it curl up well it stretches out and that tells them yeah i think the snakes the snake is getting ready to eat you yeah the, the snake oh, has stopped eating its regular food and one of the things that it said it was the 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 that the 
um, the vet told her is that the snake was sizing her up to see about how how long it would take to digest her. Yeah, yes, this is probably so. Why I, I remember my snakes, my buddy he brought uh, in his you know his pet snake into my backyard one day, and I just was like, get get the fuck out of my house, man. I said. So all I needed things to bite my hand. I, I think of that scene with the that scene from Road Trip with um Tom Green where it bites his hand, he goes all crazy, and then it bites that dude in the neck and runs away. Not for me. But yeah, you know, that's you know, when you're in those middle situations and you know, deal with snakes, you know, I'll profit to her. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> like I, I don't, I don't fuck with snakes. I just those things are. That's just oof. It's fear times a hundred for me. Uh. So after you know, <laughs> the uh, Sarah has this awesome moment where she tells the snake to fuck off and pushes it <laughs> away. Uh, they end up getting through the crawl space and and they're in like this like cave thing. Or I think they're still in the mine. It, it just it looks like a cave though to me, but I think it's still part of the mine. Uh, the, their camera starts cutting out, and so they have switched night vision, and then they end up uh, uh, finally getting the light to work. And you see Sarah. Uh, you can see where Sarah can tell that Deborah is in is behind this rock, and she goes to look, and you see uh, Sarah's. Uh, expression change and then the camera goes around the rock and in the one of the greatest clips ever this is this clip was the first clip i ever saw this movie and what got me interested in seeing this movie because i was just like absolutely shocked i was like i cannot believe how what this is fucking insane uh they turn to the corner and they they the camera turns around and you see deborah trying to swallow Kara's head in a snake-like manner. Like, her jaw is completely unhinged. Her mouth is, like, super wide now. And she is trying to literally swallow her like a snake. But uh, Sarah uh, ends up shooting uh, shooting at Deborah, and it stops her. And, like, oh, man, when when you see her face, whenever she gets stopped, it's, so ooh, it's fucking that terrifying. Was, so, you know, for me, there was three scenes. There was a scene in the beginning where she, where she like ripped her throat. There was a scene where she was getting seen by a doctor and she started scratching and she started peeling off her skin on her arm. And then this scene. And when I saw it, the first thing I thought about was, uh, for some reason, was it and Pennywise. And I, that's where I was just like, it was so confused. Like, I was so like lost and confused when, when seeing this. I was like, dude, this is like horrified like how did this lady you know basically have this jaw that's going to be able to like devour a child i guess like i said i i have i go back say man the 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 practical effects they use the the for this is just amazing yeah it's because then when they like so essentially the next you know when that happens, there's, I, I hear a gunshot. Um, and then, you know, basically Deborah lets go and she goes off and you see like her opening. The other thing I thought about too, was the, um, the, the character 
from the movie Blade 2. Um, like the new hybrid of vampires where like their whole like basically their whole mouth opens up down their jaw. That was what I also that was the other thing I saw too was something like that's what the picture in my head I had. Yeah, uh, it's it, it's a it's just it's it's terrifying. <laughs> this image, uh, it, it, trust me. Once you see this, you're never gonna forget it. Uh, after this, uh, and and uh, after this, they've stopped you know Deborah from trying to eat Kara. They end up uh, get they end up have they have the remains of the shard with them. So then they're going to try and burn them again because they didn't, because they think it's going to work this time because of where they're at. So they end up throwing them down, setting them up on fire. And it actually works this time. You, you can, you hear the shriek again and you see like, uh, like an entity like coming out of it and they end up throwing it in a hole and it ends up exploding. And, and, you know, snakes go everywhere and everything. And then they're able to, uh, to finally subdue Deborah and get Kara back. And so, you know, uh, finally they're walking out and you see that you see like a, a police report, it's like a, it's like a news footage showing, you know, Deborah being taken into custody and everything. And so now everything seemingly is over, except now we see an additional news story shows that, Deborah was deemed unfit to stand trial for for the crimes that she committed during her abduction of uh, during her abduction of Kara, but unfortunately, you know, uh, her Alzheimer's is also like really advanced now, so to the point that she can't uh, even uh, uh, she can't even speak or say anything, you know, about anything. Then. Before the movie ends, we see an additional news story shows that Kara, the little girl, who you know who was the cancer patient, she's overcome her cancer, and she's now celebrating her tenth birthday, and they're they're calling it a miraculous uh, recovery, and that she's in remission now. The reporter ends up beginning to wrap up the story, and as she's he's he's talking to Kara, he turns uh, uh, turns to he the uh, the reporter keeps uh, giving the mic to Kara. And asking her just like little simple questions and stuff, and she in one's particular, uh, he asks like, "What's her plan now?" And she says that, uh, "Oh, she has a plan, but she can't talk about it because it's a secret." And they just you know write it off as just you know child being child, but Kara turns to the camera, and she gives this really sinister smile to the camera, which would indicate that Deshardin's ritual was complete and he is now in control of Kara's body. And that ends the movie. So the first thing I wonder, and we haven't seen this movie, as we mentioned, came out originally 2014 and got more prominence in 2019 is the possibility because it did so well. And the way it ended is like, could there be a, a sequel? Um, which it's something that the, um, the movie company, which was, it was distributed by Millennium Entertainment. I'm not sure who, uh, who, what film studio was produced it though. It's something that 
you know, they would start thinking about is, you know, getting the rights to making a sequel and, and putting it out there because I think people, as much as this went over, um, as very well got good ratings that they would potentially want to see a sequel. Um, but the other thing with the character Kara at the end when she was there, like, and they zoomed in, it w- was there something on her forehead from from the incident she had with Deborah, or was it something else? I was trying to go oh. on YouTube to see if there was like the ending of it was on YouTube before uh, uh, you know trying to go back in because um, I'm not logged into my. But I feel like there was like she had there was potentially some like uh, for lack of a better term battle wound from her run in with Deborah. Yeah, uh, I can't remember exactly. Uh, I, I didn't notice anything of myself. But I, you know, let's just moving into like our, you know, closing remarks. I got to tell people, I said it in the beginning, I said it again. This is a film that I think has a great story, has really good effects. Um, if you're really into possession, you're into um, that type of demonic, you know, I don't want to say gore, um, because I I don't I don't see it as being gory. I see it as just the uh, certain effects that was done that would be um, because of that you would be into it. Like this would be your film. Like, you know, if you're into you, you're seeing like the graph, the graphicness of somebody like legitimately ripping out their throat, you know, because of what's going on. And you see a child already be eaten by a 70 plus year old woman. That's become a snake. Um, this is, you know, it's a, it's a really good film. I think it's the best found footage film that I've seen. I think it's, based on those circumstances and what's gone into it. Um, it's it's not the same as Paranormal Activity. I would say they're on the same playing field, though. Like, if they're as good as equal to each other, just in a different way. Oh, yeah. I couldn't... I couldn't agree more. Yeah, like, this is definitely on the same level as Paranormal Activity to, to me. I mean, in some ways, I, I like this one more. Uh, like this, uh, this is one of my one of my favorites for sure. Uh, I'm I'm so glad I finally decided to watch this movie after seeing that horrifying clip because it's definitely a gem, especially in the found footage in the found footage uh, genre. Now, I will uh, say on the flip side, if like if you if, like even if you're a horror fan, like for me, I'm a slasher film. But you find like certain graphic situations disturbing. Uh, this is not the film for you. I can honestly say I don't think I will ever watch this film again because I was just like, that's one of those films I saw that I cringed and I was like, oh man, I do not think this is for me. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's movies like that. There's, there's and that's there's that's a few different. That so I've like, seen that you know, one of the things I say, I, like, really I won't watch. It. It's not that I won't watch it because it isn't good. It's just I find the film like just from disturbing cringe, where it's just like God, that is very graphic. Like I don't think I could watch that film again. Um, 
not saying I wouldn't watch it because it's not a good movie. I think if this is if that's where you're the rock the type of genre you like and you're into that type of stuff, um, this is it's a very good film to watch. Yeah, there's quite a few uh, movies, uh, especially horror films, that I really, really love. But and there's some that are so disturbing that I, I, I wouldn't be able to revisit. Uh, oh, this one, it, it, it's not like that. Being like, I, I, I really enjoyed this one, and it's 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 real terrifying. But, but I could easily watch it again. But you know, some people can't, uh, and, and I get that. Uh, like I said, uh, it, let's get into ratings for this. Uh, ooh, I'm going to have to go with a solid four out of five. We'll do snakes for obvious reasons. Uh, you know, this is really great film. Highly recommend. Uh, real strong female leads. A, gr- a great character development throughout. Terrifying horrifying images uh uh i like the story as well it, it's really it's uh paced very well in in my opinion but i don't know i, don't know, I just can't really seem to give it a perfect score it, it's not one of the, the films that i would give it a, a perfect score to but it's it, it nonetheless really really great film you know, for me, you, I would definitely probably give it a four as well. Um, I, I really did enjoy the the effects, the makeup, the you know makeup, the effects they used on, especially Deborah. I think it's phenomenal. I just thought it did a really good job. Um, I think it had a very interesting backstory, like a lot of the characters in the film. Um. I honestly don't think though I'm even giving it because of the fact is I get a chance to watch it again. Um, I don't think I give it a fair assessment. Like when I say four, I'm doing that based like on initial reaction. But I think if I watch it again and like really focus and take and get a chance to, uh, you know, double check my notes, I really think this could be up there, like as like a four and a half or five because, you know, like the one thing I've always said when I give those you know fives, it's is there something that I can think to make this film better? And right now I can't say that, but I don't think, but I'm also can't be confident that it's true that there's something that can improve the story or improve the situation. Um, The one thing I will say that I, I don't like films or any TV show that's that left on the cliffhanger. If there's no plan for a sequel. So the ending does kind of throw me off a little bit. Cause I'm just like, Oh, I get it. Like he's still around, but what's the point of him being around if you're not going to make a sequel? I just, I, this just always bothered me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would hope there would be a sequel, but maybe it's just one of those films that like, it's just an open ended film is like, you just leave you up to interpretation is like, it's pretty obvious that, that Kara, is possessed by by the spirit of Deschardins, but I mean, I I'd love to see a sequel, but unfortunately, yeah. I mean, not I know one like that it happens made. a lot. Of TV land, you know, you're seeing that because when a series ends, they're like, well, you it's meant to be like the characters are continuing in their universe. 
Um, and I know some the one thing that I've seen and know from TV studios, or excuse me, not TV studios, movie companies, is that in some films, right off the top of my head, I think of the film because it was brought up on Twitter last week, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen with Sean Connery, that the way it ended was left kind of on a cliffhanger because there was if the film did well and got good reviews, that there would be the possibility of a sequel. And it those things didn't happen, so we never got the sequel to Leave Extraordinary Gentleman. And I think with this one, you know, whether it's intentional or not, it's just, uh, it just drives me. It's kind of like a pet peeve of mine. I'm just like, I need definitive endings. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get that. Oh. Uh... But yeah, uh, so you know that was our that was our review of taking Deborah Logan. Highly recommend it if you haven't seen it. I don't know why you listen to this review; you haven't seen it. But in case you did, uh, check it out. It's on Prime, Shutter, and that, yeah, that's where I watched sure it. Was, I watched it on Prime, well, and I was high, really happy high, it was on Prime. Um, Prime, so, yeah, yeah. You know, we're finishing off. Our found footage next week. We're going to review the one that essentially everybody gives credit for, you know, essentially starting the whole genre of Blair Witch Project, which I've said before. I'm excited because that film has been around for over 20 years. It has so much different, um, you know, reviews and people takes on it as far as, you know, whether they liked it, whether they didn't like it, whether they felt that it could have been better or. So I just never watched it because of at the time I wasn't into horror. I wasn't old enough to watch horror yet um, when it came out. And, you know, then I started hearing the different things about it. And I just kind of like, well, I'm not going to, you know, settle down and myself with since I'm a slasher, a slasher fan, uh, excuse me, a slasher fan. So I'm excited to watch this film. Um, you can do found footage you're, especially our first month of doing something like this found footage without doing the you know film that's credited for the found footage technique. So, but do you have anything you want to close with, Kyle? Before we uh, put a bow on this, uh, I just uh, you know uh. Thanks everybody for your continued support. Whether you've been from us, you've been with us from the beginning, or you're just now checking us out, we appreciate it. Uh, if you're on Apple, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcast, uh, and, and you enjoyed and you enjoyed what you heard, uh, give us a consider giving us a five star review. It helps us out tremendously, and we would greatly appreciate it. Yeah, and you know, uh, I think real that's quick, it for me. just also always want to shout out our friend uh, Carmichael Childress. You can find him on Twitter at Carmen M Childers. Um, he is doing his thing, being a commentator for new South wrestling. As you mentioned earlier, doing the TNA podcast with you. He's a man of many talents, not just uh, on the mic, but behind the production side, you know, editing and doing graphic work as in, in addition, shout out to our fellow colleagues in the slashing cast network. You can find the slash cat network podcast at Twitter and it's at SNC Network um, or SlashingCast.net. Um, we have many different podcasts from the Conjecturing, um, Punk Rock Horror Podcasts, Us, The Scream Queens, uh, Dan and Santa Carla, and many more. Uh, please uh, listen to our colleagues 
many great talent podcasts out there. So, and with that, we must bid you adieu. Goodbye. Good night. Bang.